Welcome back to the Nick Finzer Audio Experience. I'm so glad you're here today. We're going to jump into a chat here about uh, master classes, what's missing from jazz, trombone, pedagogy, talking a little bit about differences in slide technique between classical playing and jazz playing and some of the little tidbits that I've come across over the years that I've found useful in talking with students about having different approach for different styles of music uh, with their slide technique. And this is a, a throwback to Ask Nick episode number 77. And uh, we're on a little bit of a hiatus from live streams for now, um, kind of letting some mystery build back up uh, after our several years of pandemic-induced live streaming. Uh, but I'm really excited that this first two quarters of 2023 to be focusing on a brand new album that's coming out for me. If you haven't seen, uh, it's called Dreams, Visions, Illusions. It comes out on April 14th. My band is hitting the road. Uh, we're going to be traveling all through April, East Coast, West Coast. You can see all of that at my website, nickfinzermusic.com. So enjoy the podcast and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Okay, cutting the tuning slide. I get wanting first position to be out a little, but aren't you cutting off metal that's inside the instrument when tuning slide is pushed all the way in? Well, yeah, you're just changing the length of it when you squeeze it in, right? You're making it shorter. So if you cut the tubes, it's technically getting even shorter. And that way that first position, so it's not just first position that's out, it's everything is out. It's just like a different style of playing. And something that Khan used to do instead of that, you know, maybe we should uh, tell them that they should do this again. That to put the spring back in, because like I have an old ADH that the spring in first position lets you, you know, play higher than first position, so you can go up, and there's a spring there, so you could do slide vibrato there or tune something up a little bit. But I, I don't do it. I, you can play any of those notes in a long position and you slide vibrato. When you've done guest artists lectures slash master classes, what are your favorite topics to talk about? Sometimes when you go and do one of those, people have some stuff that they would like you to talk about. Um, and so I'm happy to oblige them in that way. But when it's just like, oh, talk about whatever, I try to talk about things that I can talk about from my experience that others maybe can't because they don't have that experience. So that whatever I'm presenting is like probably... 50 to 70% what anyone might say about trombone fundamentals, having a sound concept, but you maybe I try to find a different way to explain the same things. So it depends if it's a group of trombonists or if it's a group of all jazz musicians. I have um, kind of a couple of different uh, things that I go to, things being themes or ideas that I go to uh, to talk about for a masterclass or a lecture. Uh, but generally, I try to talk about the importance of like having a great sound concept because that's the foundation of everything for your musicianship regardless of instrument i like to talk about going and getting stuff meaning like go plan your goals figure out a way to achieve what you want to achieve find uh, different ways different mentors different paths start projects finish projects make mistakes all of those type of things i think sometimes are missing from a jazz master class i think a lot of times people just talk about listening to the masters, transcribing records, and obviously all that stuff is good, but sometimes that I find the missing step is talking and focus on action. And like, you're not gonna learn anything without doing anything. So I try to uh, express that. I try to express, just assume that everyone's a great musician. And so like, what's that extra little bit? Like, what's your X factor? What else do you do, you know? So when I give a masterclass, like, well, I can talk about trombone, I can talk about jazz, I can talk, talk about any of that stuff, that's fine. But it's like, I'm also gonna talk about like 
be organized and get projects done and like get a band together and go out there and run a record label and put out music and do videos and do social media and what are all the things what are those things so that's what i try to add to the picture so it's like yes trombone great sound etc jazz vocabulary transcribe jj etc etc anybody can give that master class so it's like what can you do you know through your lens that's a little bit different than everybody else you know, because it's going to be the same information that's regurgitated and that's just kind of is what it is you know that's just because those are the fundamentals and there's a reason why everybody talks about them because they're important you mentioned playing originals are they supposed to play three original pieces in those styles or would original pieces get advantage regardless of quality there's no advantage or disadvantage other than overall what we're looking for in the competition is artistry so if your artistry hinges on playing the music of duke ellington or jj johnson or Clifford Brown or John Coltrane, that's amazing. But if you want to express like what you're about, you're welcome to share. Um, I just, I think three things that are going to show us the range of what you can do. Uh, the stylistic variation, you know, it's not just swing and it's not just ballads. It's not just fast playing. It's everything together. So I would, anything, three clips that are going to get you a well-rounded representation of your musicianship and not just your musicianship not just your technicianship but your artistry because that's ultimately what we're looking for is to be able to have the winner be able to like okay tomorrow that person can go and make a record right um, that person can really be putting their stamp into the world so as we you know have that person and grow this family of uh, artists so like check out the last couple of winners so the first winner in our first year was chris glassman a great bass trombonist and then last year was paco andreo a great valve trombonist there's a lot of range there all the finalists both years have been completely different some people are super straight ahead playing mostly bebop kind of stuff some people are playing really like more modern jazz like paco has a pretty modern concept and then there's people that had a very kind of free concept there's a great finalist from the first year of the competition named Abdul Rahman Amir. He's in, he goes by Rocky, but he's in New York, and he um, is super great. And he has a like, kind of a more free approach to um, the music and the vibe, which is awesome. So, all that to say, like, there's no one vibe that is advantaged in this competition. It's it's just the strength of the voice, right? So it's like your voice, and we want to find people and share their voice with the world. So, what's a gig you never should have taken? Oh no. Well, there's some things I, in reflection, like that I took the, a gig and then I missed some things that would have been good to be around for, like in just my personal life. There's plenty of gigs that I shouldn't have taken that were crappy, but you have to go through them and I don't think there's any way around it. You just, you say yes. I think that's just like part of the process. Like the journey is like you say yes to everything. Yes, 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 yes. And then as you get more and more experiences, you can start to learn like, oh, I should say no to that. But something in particular, I mean, there's plenty of just like regular old kind of gigs that it's not even worth mentioning that maybe I should have said no to. Like some $10 big band gigs in New York when I first moved to town, like maybe I should have said no to them. But in all in all, every single experience allows you to meet other people. And especially when you move to a new scene, that's like the most important thing is to get out and to meet the people and get involved with the scene and not just sit around and complain and stuff like that you know so have you ever played a plastic trombone would you recommend as entry level for kids for kids yes maybe i would say it's more useful as a practice tool for an intermediate or advanced student because they're so crappy that i had one student that started on a 
it's been a while now, but the student started on a P-bone. It was not great for that student, and we had to get them like a regular student model horn. So they're kind of difficult to play. So unless you can already play, it's a little hard. So if we're learning, but I can understand like they're only a hundred bucks or whatever. So it's kind of a nice, uh, cheap way to get into playing trombone. But for me, I would get a regular student model first because it's easier to get a sound on and getting a sound on the trombone can be difficult for a young student. So. And then once you're older, you know, later use it as a tool. What have you been listening to lately? Any recommendations? I've been listening to uh, books on tape. I guess they're not on tape anymore. Audiobooks. I mostly keep up with what's on the new jazz playlist, to be honest, because uh, running the record label, I'm trying to know kind of where things are going and what's happening. So that I haven't been listening to anything in particular on repeat necessarily, but I've been checking out the State of Jazz playlist. I've been checking out... Uh, the outside of music playlist which is this is jazz today and if you want to find a kind of more straight ahead kind of one that the state of jazz on spotify is cool but uh the this is jazz today playlist that we curate ourselves is more kind of like straight ahead stuff the state of jazz is a little bit more fusiony crossover whatever you want to call it like it's all good but um just a little different i just listened to sapiens I finally got to that that from by new uh yuval harari there's really great books super interesting man is there anything you feel like is missing from jazz trombone pedagogy? That is a great question that I would love to know the answer to. I don't know. I mean, I think that's why I wrote this duet book that's coming out next week is that I thought there was a dearth of uh, resources for two trombones that did not include rhythm section that include a lot of improvisation. So uh, this book of duets, which I'll talk more about next week, uh, is um, a collection of duets that puts improvisation and two trombones at the core. So it's not... Uh, just like minus a rhythm section and it's an arrangement and you're just blowing. Um, so that's what I thought was missing. And so that's what I'm trying to contribute next week. I don't know, there's so much. I think there's an over-reliance on books. People are looking for the next resource. But then again, it's great to be able to have resources to share with people. So I don't know. What's missing that I've been talking about making for a long time and maybe DJ, we can work on this together as a studio because I've gotten several people that have mentioned that they would be interested in this. It's like a, an excerpt book for jazz trombone. So it could be like hard tunes, it would be passages from difficult big band charts, it would be stuff like that would be hard to sight read, it would be stuff that like you just like should know in like a jazz, a jazz trombonist. Like I always thought like Sonnet for Hank Sank would be on there. Ellington excerpt uh, for trombone. Or like the backgrounds for um, Harlem Airshaft, for example. Like different things that like they kind of require not only being able to read it and it's weird, it's weirdly written, but also to be able to interpret it. Like getting sentimental would be in there too. Like can you play this Tommy Dorsey thing? But I don't know what else. It would take a while to kind of research and think like not a transcription book. So not like more JJ solos, more Curtis solos, more slide solos, but like like excerpts from charts, you know. So the only difficulty when you do something like that is that then there's a lot of like publishers involved and, and copyrights and stuff. So I don't know if we'd ever actually be able to publish it, but can you play concert pitch treble clef music on trombone? Yes. Have you ever had to? Yes. It's some Ellington charts actually. Some of the transcriptions have uh, concert pitch treble clef, but I read, I always read concert pitch treble clef uh, lead sheets. I don't, I don't like bass clef lead sheets. I like to just read it in treble clef. Does the band leader usually make more than the other musicians? and by how much it's definitely sometimes but not always this is not a this is not like an always or nothing question here it depends what we're talking about so in a like wedding band 
company band, uh, event band setting? The answer is yes. Any sort of corporate situation? The answer is yes. The, the figure that I've heard is that basically whatever you're making, they're charging double for, you, for what you're making. So if you're making 300, they're charging the client 600 for you, right? Because they have to coordinate you, they have to pay you, they have to handle all this stuff. There's more expenses on their end. But if it's a jazz gig, like so if it's my gig and we play at Smalls, um, I'm going to pay the band and I'll probably make nothing, right? So because we want to take care of the band. And that's what happens a lot with creative, like more creative gigs. Uh, is that you end up paying the band before you pay yourself. But there are stories of, you know, plenty of band leaders over the years, like hiring younger musicians so that they can pay them less and keep more money for themselves. Uh, nothing, no one in particular comes to mind, and I don't know the finances of any of these things, but there are stories like that that, have flo that float around. You know, in the long term, yeah, I mean, eventually you should make it a goal to be able to make what you need to make off the gigs, you know. Uh, build up enough of an audience that you're able to pay your band fairly and have some more for yourself because you know you've invested you know however much over a period of 5 10 15 years in your music and then eventually you got to get some return on that so or else it's not a business right if you always lose money it's not a business just be clear be conscientious and just think about I like to think like what would I want how would I want to be treated how would I want to what would I want to make on this what else can you do for the band if it's low pay? Like, can you buy them food? Can you get them coffee? Can you buy them drinks? You know, just little things that go a long way because it all adds up. Can you pay for their cab to the airport? You know, just, uh, different things like that can really add up. Is there a specific book etude exercise to help practice the throw and catch slide technique? There's not a book. There's no, there's no like, uh, there's no pedagogy really on this, which is why it's difficult, right? So the technique that I use is to put my arm up against something, like a wall, I can't really demonstrate right now, but so if you imagine, or a music stand, like turn your music stand perpendicular, and then put your elbow right up on it, and so that you can only use your wrist, and you practice going one to third, to first to third, to first to third, play F to E flat, F to E flat, F to E flat, and just play that. You're just throwing and catching, throwing and catching, then you do first to fourth, first to fourth. Can you reach? without having to move. So what I'm doing, you can't really see it, but I'm just turning my my arm, my forearm. I'm not moving the elbow. I'm just throwing and catching with the fingers. So I guess that's an exercise or technique. And so by putting your arm up against something, it prevents you from being able to move it. And so you're relying on just your arm. So in general, with slide technique, the general idea that I you know, aspire to is to have mostly fingers, a little, mostly wrist, very little elbow, and just a very little shoulder. So only the arm when you full arm when you have to move a long ways but do you think the Olesi style slide technique lends itself better to playing classical music yes do you still use the throw and catch when playing classical uh there's some amount for me in there but but that's a good technique for playing like joe Olesi. it's just it's all about achieving the result that you want so if it's to sound like joe you should probably listen to joe if you want to sound like jj you probably want to use a throw and catch technique because it gets a little bit uh, more fluidity into your lines because that tension of going this like this like real rigid snappy and fast real rigid like it kind of sometimes puts a little hiccup in your swing which is what I've noticed but not not everyone not everyone has that problem some people are all arm and they sound great so it's not like a yes or no but for me that's what I usually suggest uh, thanks for being here thanks for listening to Jason thanks for letting me share 
all about the Jazz Trombone Day, which I'm very excited about, the Jazz Trombone Competition. So one more time, it's the submissions are open. All right, so submissions are open for the Jazz Trombone Competition. They're open until September 1st. You can go to this website, Jazz Trombone, so www.jazztromb.one. Check out the website. You can get all of the information there, how you can be involved, all the prizes, all the things. So it's all there for you to take a look at. We can't wait to have you there for the event. We can't wait to hear your entries. September 1st is the deadline, 11.59 p.m. on September 1st. So that's your last day to enter 30 and under. So if you're 30 and under, I want to hear you. I want you to submit. So thanks for being here today. We'll be back next Friday with another live stream. And uh, until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll catch you next time.